What's up, everyone? My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And honestly, we couldn't think of anything for this chapter because it's so short. So I guess we're both just fallen logs in this godforsaken forest. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. How's it going today, Paige? How's your day? Today was long. I worked a long shift at work, but I got a really nice, t- I got a really nice text today from a wrong number. It, it was, it was, it was kind of long, and it was like, "Hi, Linda. I, I, it's really good to reach out to you again. Like, this is Jesse from District 79. Um, I'm reaching out about your son and like what we can do to help him get his GED. I know he like really wants to get that, and you know anything that even just get his high school diploma, whatever we can do to help him, and." I was like, hey, Jesse, I'm really sorry, but I'm not Linda. I think you have the wrong number. And Jesse's response was so nice. Let me pull it up really quick. So sorry about that. My sincere apology. God bless you. She's like, oh, really nice. I hope she was able to contact Linda. Sounds important. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That's so random, too. Well. Have you seen that meme that's going around where this girl convinced this guy on Tinder that she had the same phone number as him so like he couldn't call her? <laughs> sometimes, man. Sometimes. <laughs> Girls just really impress me and boys really unimpress me. <laughs> Let's put that on a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our first merch. <laughs> um... So we got a really nice message from a listener named Alexis, and we just wanted to address it at the top here. So she had DM'd us on Instagram suggesting that we maybe do like a debate episode. Um, if any of you listen to Pottermore, I personally have never listened to Pottermore, but I'm familiar enough with it. Uh, or sorry, not Pottermore. That's the website <laughs> that everybody gets on. Potterless. Potterless. That podcast. Um, so she was thinking maybe do a debate episode or like having some guests on or something. Um, so Alexis, we love that idea. We just wanted to tell you we're not ignoring you. Wow. Sorry, my voice cracked there. I'm going through puberty. Um, Paige and I just have a a lot going on in our personal lives right now. So we're just sinking or swimming today when we're recording. It's a Monday. That's just, we're just doing our best, but we will, we do want to do your idea and it is fun so keep an eye out we also have a really good idea for a good debate episode but we want to wait maybe a little bit longer to get a little more information because I am coming in to all this information brand new um I want to have just a little more information when we go into the debate but that is something that we were both really excited for and are we have in the back of our minds so that is definitely something that we'll do in the future Yes, for sure. And Paige has a little surprise for us. So I know all of you love to hear, you know, the pod about the book and the content. But today there's going to be a special guest star answering a couple Twilight questions. Our very first live appearance from a guest um, that you've heard of by name probably many times. Um, So stay tuned for some some new to hear a new voice and to hear some fun questions. Yep, we're going to do that at the end. So first let's cover the chapter and then we'll have our fun. So this week we read chapter 16, The Knot. Um, It was super short. So what did you think of this page? If I can be completely honest, I was kind of bored. Like, I 
I know it had to be there because I think there is also, I don't know if it's necessarily short, but there is sort of a lead up chapter to the meadow and twilight and we have to get there. It would be way too much for it all to be one chapter and also ending where it does, it helps build suspense. So I get it, but it was all, it's basically literally just the car ride and the hike and a couple questions. It's not huge information wise. So I'm just really excited to get into the more, the more meat of the story, if you will. I knew you were going to say meat. I was like, she's going to say meat. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Once again, I was looking at the chapter for next week and I was like, Oh my God, it literally is so long and it covers so much. It's going to be a lot. I just think it's really funny and also makes a lot of sense because you know, that this particular chapter that comes next, I think it's called Confessions, is the next one. Having it told from Edward's perspective, you know there is going to be so much extra in it. Like, he is just going to have so much to say in his mind. He's going to have so much to complain about and overanalyze and overthink. So no fucking way it's, no, I totally believe it's 40 pages long, of course. Yep, looking forward to it. But for now, we have to go over this short chapter. So it starts off um, where it left off in the last chapter. Edward is in Bella's room as she sleeps. And she's just having a very peaceful night and is not moving around much. Um, And he's like reading too much into it, as he does. And he's like, it must mean that she doesn't know how dangerous this actually is. Also... Like, right at the beginning, he says, um, for what seemed like a very long time now, from the first moment I'd caught her scent, I'd been powerless to keep my own state of mind from careening wildly from one extreme to the other every minute of the day. My note was, yeah, that's what it's like for people with anxiety 24-7, so dot, dot, dot. That's literally me when I turn down an aisle in King Supers and there's four people with carts and I have my cart and I know that there's going to be no way around them except if I say excuse me and I don't want to talk to anyone. That's what goes through my mind. So accurate. Or when you're trying to like come out onto the main aisle but there's like too many people like zoot zooting by and you're like ugh. Or if you're trying to make a left turn anytime when you don't have a green arrow, just a green light. I can't. I was still talking about King Supers, but I agree. I'm just I'm just bringing another anxiety inducing thing into the fold. We could go all night, folks. Just Um, making a phone call. Making a phone call, yeah. Oh my god, today I had to call the vet just to order cat food, which I had to do like every other month, and I still was like, ah! <laughs> I love it. If anyone wants to hear um, something anxiety-inducing, I'm g- I'm just gonna mince words because it's not a super long story, but just a little fun thing. Um, a couple weeks ago at the funeral home, I accidentally gave or almost gave a food delivery driver someone's ashes because I thought he said he was here for ashes. But what he really said was, I have or I'm here for Ashley and had cookies to deliver. <laughs> so if you want to know what it feels like to have anxiety at a professional setting, it's that. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. 
<sighs> also, I can't remember if this was the night that Bella found out that Edward was a vampire or if it was this night, but I swear to God in Twilight, one of the nights she just takes NyQuil. And I really hope that it was this night because Edward is like, she's so peaceful. And I'm like, yeah, she's drugged. It's 100% this night because she's so nervous about the next day and she wants to have a peaceful night of sleep. Oh my God, I'm so dead. That's hilarious. Bella, take melatonin. Why are you taking NyQuil? Jesus. Did they have melatonin back then? I don't know, but it just seems very 2000s to just take a bunch of, like, over-the-counter sleep help. That just, it has that vibe, you know? Makes me real nervous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, it's funny because even when Charlie gets up, Edward doesn't leave her room. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> But he eventually leaves to go fishing. And then Edward leaves to wait outside while Bella gets ready. And, of course, he's just thinking about how anxious he is. This whole this whole chapter is just, like, Edward being, like, he's just so fucking anxious the whole time. Like, it's just internal screaming. Which, I'm not belittling him for that. I mean, I get it. But it's kind of tough to read. I get it. It's just, it is extremely tough to read because we know the other side of the story. Like, all of this anxiety is so unneeded. We know how excited Bella actually is and how much sh she wants to be there and find the truth and get to know him more. And he is just freaking out and thinks that she's going to think that he's ugly and never want to see her again. And he's going to, it just, it doesn't need to be this way. If only he knew. It's true. It's like how when, do you ever, you're really anxious about something and then you do it and then you're like, wow, that was a total waste of anxiety. I should never have been anxious about it. And then like two weeks later, you have to do it again and you're anxious about it again. It's like, I never learned. That was like back in August when I was having all of those issues trying to get my insulin pump supplies. I had to call the supplier pretty much like three times a day for like I don't want to say months but like every week I called that company like four times and I already don't like making phone calls as we've established already in this episode so every time my blood would be pumping this is why I have hypertension people it's because of August of 2020. That is so ridiculous that you had to go through that I'm still mad about it. Um so finally Edward realizes that it's time and he knocks on her door and Bella opens it and he realizes that they're wearing like basically the same outfit and being an idiot he laughs and she's like what is my fly down or something that would be my first thought if my date laughed the moment that he opened the door and now here's the thing I would say 70% of my wardrobe is uh, graphic tees and things with funny things on it so that would be fine. I would hope that there's a laugh. However, if I'm wearing a white button down and a brown sweater and my date laughs when he opens the door, I'm going to want to put my two weeks in on being alive. <laughs> that is so much better than what I was going to say. I was going to say I would just close the door again. <laughs> I'm closing the door on us, Edward. I'm sorry. Yep, exactly. 
Um, so they get into Bella's truck and Edward is having a goddamn conniption fit about that too. And he's like, I'm so nervous. And she's going three miles below the speed limit, which is so on brand for Bella. It's so funny. And then he tells her that they're fucking hiking. And to himself, page 332, the distance was very short and the way was not difficult. Five miles? Five miles is very short. I, what? I, this is one of those things that Edward just doesn't, he has a, a very, very obvious disconnect with. Five miles is nothing for a vampire, even if it's hiking. Five miles, how does he not use his brain in this? He watches her every day in gym, hit Mike Newton with the badminton paddle. He watches her trip over her own self walking into biology class. She's dropped her books like eight times. How has he not considered that a five mile hike might be a little too much? And like, there isn't even a mention in this bit of him thinking like, I could easily pick her up and take her there. Like he doesn't even think that in his mind. Like he doesn't even consider it, even though he does it on the way back. Like he he does not consider until they get there the moment like, oh, wait, maybe this was a bad idea. Like, do you not have any critical thinking skills, Edward? Come on. I've just been sitting here with my mouth my jaw on the floor because I'm like she is nailing it (laughs) literally she's nailing it I have nothing to add now I think Emily and I might be a little biased because as our listeners know we both hate hiking but we also address this in Twilight that it's kind of a lot to spring on someone just out of the blue And you're right in that she, in particular, is a bad choice for this because he's observed how many times she cannot. She said she makes a joke at one point about how she can't walk across flat surfaces or something. And this is not a flat surface. This has bumps, people. We're still mad about the hiking, in case you were wondering. (laughs) Like, I know we're getting to a beautiful setting, and the whole reason that he wants to go there is because of the lighting, but you know what? You could go to, like, the parking lot at Walmart, and, I mean, (laughs) maybe Forks doesn't have a a Walmart, I don't know. You could go to the parking lot at, I don't know, somewhere. You could go to the school. It's a fucking Saturday. You could just pull into the school. There's, I'm sure, no one there, and just get out of your car. Yeah. But you gotta be romantic, I guess. You gotta go somewhere with the trees and the smells of nature. Yep. Um, I told you about Caucasian James before, right? He's like a Twitter personality. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't sound familiar. He's just like a. He really is just like a Twitter personality. He has like a million followers. He's just like a white boy making jokes, and he knows it. But he's funny. I like him. And one time he tweeted this thing that was like. Hiking sucks ass. Yeah, the view is cool, but my legs hurt. And it's like, you could have sent me a postcard. It's true. It's true. I I, I do have a lot of FOMO for things, but I do not have FOMO when it comes to hiking. You guys can have all the fun you want going on your hike. I, am, I guarantee I'm going to have a better day at home. 
Have we beaten it to, into your brains enough, folks? <laughs> they are so sick of us. <laughs> Whatever. So Bella just has a minor freak out. Well deserved about the hike. And um, then she gets sad, as we know, about, um, you know, him just, like, being so beautiful because he takes his sweater off and, like, his muscles are showing and she's just, like, having a whole moment about it. And they are just on – this man is on Saturn and Bella is on fucking Pluto, okay? Literally different planets because Bella is sad that he's so hot and Edward's like, she thinks I am repulsive. She – already can't stand the sight of my bare arms. I must take her home. Will she let me take her home? <laughs> it's like, what? I'm titling this episode Edward's Disconnect because if only Edward knew what boy arms do to a teenage girl, he would have Teen- no problem. to me currently. But imagine you're 17. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm uh, there's a lot of things about men that I find attractive, and arms are definitely one of them. But just imagine you're back in high school, and literally the hottest guy you could possibly imagine is taking you hiking. I don't know, I mean, taking you to the mall, and he takes off his sweater to. Sh- and he's wearing just tight, a tight t-shirt, and you can see his bicep. You haven't, you've never seen his exposed muscles before. Someone call me Papa Namali because I am sweating. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And meanwhile, Edward's like, I am a monster. <laughs> Let me reference Greek mythology for an 80th time in the past 24 hours. Oh, you mean Edward. I thought you were about to <laughs> reference it. I was like, I didn't know you liked Greek mythology that much, but I'm ready. No, no, <laughs> <It's> like, no. <wait. laughs> oh my God, that's funny. <sighs> so wanting to distract himself during the hike, Edward asks Bella a few more questions about her favorite birthday. And Bella says that she doesn't like birthdays. What do you think about that whole thing? I think it's on brand. I know, I know a lot. Not, I don't think I know a lot. I do know a select few people who don't like birthdays, who don't like their birthday, and it makes me sad because I'm obsessed with my birthday and I love the attention. But I think it's on brand for Bella. She is one to not want a lot of attention about herself. So a day completely about celebrating her and the attention on her does seem like something not really up her alley. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It makes sense. They also talk about pets and Bella tells a hilarious story about how the only ones she ever had was goldfish. And and she calls herself a serial killer because she overfed one and underfed the other. And then the third one like kept jumping out, which I'm like, goldfish do that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Did not know. (laughs) I want a book about that fish specifically. Where was he headed? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Cotton Eye Joe. These are the answers we need, Stephanie Meyer. Answer them. Is it true that Cotton Eye Joe is about syphilis or is that an urban legend? Excuse me? 
I thought that's what it was about. Now I'm going to look it up. I've literally never heard those words. I've never heard Cotton Eye Joe and the word syphilis in the same sentence before in my entire life. I'm looking it up. Is Cotton Eye Joe about an STD? Here we go. Oh, it just says a wild theory. So apparently it's unproven. There's little evidence to support this theory. Damn it. I was kind of hoping it would be. I'm truly baffled. I really am. Sorry to have derailed us. I was just very curious. Okay. Can I ask a question um, about your thoughts? Pick your brain, if you will. I hate that expression, but yes, go ahead. Wait, why do you hate it? It's just like corporate corporate and I'm sick of hearing shit like that. Like, let's circle back. I don't want to fucking circle back. I don't want to jump on a call either. I want to jump out the window. Okay, so I have a question. I was hoping that I could maybe, like, um, uh, have your thoughts. Give Give me a look into the mind of Emily. Okay, that's fine. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Listeners, Mila is sitting on the arm of my chair, and she keeps leaning in like she's like, it's my turn to talk. But ask her what she has to say. We'll ask the question and then she'll let you know. Okay. So Bella talks about why, like, Edward asks dogs or cats, and she says, probably cats. You know, they're independent. Um, But I haven't ever owned either of them. And Edward is like, oh, why is that? And she says that it's because of her mom and that her mom doesn't want, like, these animals that require sort of to be tied down, I guess, like the responsibility of owning an animal like that, where you would have to really commit your time to it and be responsible for it. And she was just kind of the person who would always want to get up and go, not really want to be tied down. My thought, though, when when she said that, like, her mom never let her have a dog or a cat, the first thing that my brain thought was that her mom would be jealous of the attention that the animal would get from Bella. Does that vibe with you at all? I, I, she explains that, because this isn't proven. She says this is why she thinks that her mom never let her have the animals. What, did you have any, any other thoughts about it at all? Or did you kind of agree with Bella? Because that's what I thought immediately was like, I wonder, Renee just doesn't really seem like an amazing person. And I could totally see her not wanting to share basically her only other family member with someone else. Yeah, it's a really interesting thought. To be honest with you, I hadn't really thought about it beyond Bella's reasoning because I kind of took her her word for it. Um, I don't think the, the two things are mutually exclusive. I think Renee could have felt both. I just feel like, and I this was actually my next note to go over, so I'm glad that you, sorry, I'm glad that you brought it up. Um, but Edward has, and this is related, I promise I'm going to tell you what I think, but Edward has this thought about how, you know, is Bella such a caretaker because she felt like she needed to earn her place with her mom because her mom never wanted to be tied down by anything? So I almost tend to think that Renee wouldn't care if Bella loved a pet more than her. Um, You know, I think she was probably relieved 
when Bella moved in with Charlie because I don't think she ever wanted her around in the first place, which is really, really sad. That is really sad, especially because I agree with you. Like, I can 100% see that. And I don't really know a lot, a lot about Renee, but from what I've known from Bella's take on things from Twilight and this book, it it would make sense. Yeah. It's dark. Well, you know, at least she has a loving boyfriend who takes her on five-mile hikes to spend time with her. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> um, so after they discuss this, they're getting closer and closer to the meadow. Um, the light is changing, and Bella can't see it yet, but she does. Eventually, once again, Edward is just having so many anxious thoughts. I'll just, like, sample them for you listeners, um, because this whole chapter is this, so I'll just do a little passage so what if bella found me repulsive if she rejected me in disgust that was fine better than fine that was literally the smallest tiniest sort of misery that could hurt me today i'm gonna skip ahead a little bit would she be so frightened by me that she'd refuse to let me lead her back to the truck surely i would have to at least get her safely to the road then she could drive away alone Though my whole frame felt it like it might crumple with the pain of that image, there was something much worse, the looming test Alice had seen. Failing that test, I couldn't imagine. How would I live through that? How would I find a way to stop living? <sighs> so finally, finally they get there, and Bella is super excited because it's obviously a beautiful place. Like, that's why he wanted to take her there. So she goes in, and she's, like, you know, touching the the flowers you know trailing her fingers over them and just like her his description of her is like really beautiful you know you can really picture it through his eyes um of just like the sun hitting her hair and he calls her persephone again springtime personified i did really love that because i mean from what we talked about in the persephone and hades lore persephone is the goddess of fertility and of springtime and just putting her in this beautiful setting and the sun shining in her hair and on her face. And it just, it really, I know that Edward is really hammering this idea home, but I just thought it just was a really nice thing to imagine in my head. It really, it, it made me believe it for sure. Yeah, me too. And he's hammering it home because it works and it's accurate. Yeah, I mean, I think Stephanie really stumbled upon a good analogy, a good metaphor here. I think it does really fit. Edward just can't let it go. Like, I get it. You, you're right, Edward. You, you, you got me. I can't deny it. You don't have to keep reminding me. <laughs> True. True. So Bella turns around and motions to him, and... He holds a hand up, basically saying, like, wait a second. And he's like, okay, well, I have to do this. I have to do it. And he says, I would face this head on. Um, and then he decides to close his eyes so that if Bella, like, has a, a reaction of, like, disgust, that she can, like, compose herself before she has to, like, talk to him. And then the last sentence is, I closed my eyes as I stepped into the sunlight. Um, one note that I have that we didn't go over, um, it's literally on this page, but he has this thing where he says, even trusting 
Even trusting Alice's visions as much as I did, I wasn't sure how there could be any more to the story. It would have to end now, wouldn't it? Bella would see me and be all the things she should have been from the beginning. Terrified, disgusted, appalled, repelled, and done with me. I don't get how he still thinks this is a possibility when Alice literally showed him that thing where she was like, if you guys get through it, she'll age and you'll still be together like a few years down the line. I'm like, what is not clicking here? The math. It's so true. The outcomes that we have right now of what could happen. One, Edward kills Bella. Two, Bella's a vampire with in arm in arm with Alice. Three, the last thing, the one that you said, where she's not a vampire, but they're all together. In none of those things is Bella not with him. She's away, repulsed, revolted. This is just Edward channeling his insecurities and his own shame, I guess, and self-deprecation into the storyline. Like I said, no critical thinking skills. If you analyze all three options as to what can happen, it's none of those things. None, or it's not that. None of those things fall into that. I have no words for him. He's truly dumb bitch of the year. I can't argue. <laughs> Did you have any notes that we didn't go over? It's My last note is really short. It is on the same page as well. It's him talking about how he was um, going to fight this head on or attack it head on, basically. It was just a nice callback to, I'm, I think Alice says it word for word that she knew that she, that he was going to date, take this head on, that he was going to do that. And I just, I, he doesn't reference her at all when he says this, but it does, it kind of tickles me a little bit that he took his sister's words to heart and that he's like, yes, I am going to do that. And that at least he has the confidence. I, I don't know if confidence is the right word. The bravery, I guess, to deal with it head on, even if he's being a little bitch about it. You know, he's he's taking Alice's words to heart and doing what she wants him to do, basically. And I really like that. Yeah, it is a nice moment. I like that, too. So you already know that next week's chapter is called Confessions. It's called the same thing in Twilight, actually. I checked. Um, it's pretty obvious what's coming, but do you have any specific predictions for what's ahead? I just think there's going to be a lot, a lot of internal monologuing. I think this is going to be the old Hamlet chapter of the year. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Okay, well... I do believe it's about time for our special guest, Jerome Roll, please. Paige has to get him. But it is none other than boyfriend of the pod, Danny, a.k.a. the person whose music you hear every intro and outro of every episode. And we're super excited to have him on. So Paige is going to go get him right now. All right. Welcome to the pod, Danny. Um... Hello. <laughs> do you know we call you boyfriend of the pod? <laughs> Yeah, we call you boyfriend of the pod. I'm the boyfriend of the pod? Oh yeah. my goodness. Um it's such an official title. Yeah, it's big. You can put it on your resume if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I like be wearing a tie. I feel like this is an interview. They can't see you. <laughs> I'm just, this is for you guys, I'm just saying. I'm literally in my pajamas, like after we are done recording, I'm going to walk straight to my room and lay down and go to sleep. So it's okay. 
All right, so my our first question is, what is your history with Twilight? What are your favorite movies? Or what are the movies you've seen? What have you read? What do you, what do you know? Um, so I know, like, most everything from it. I actually read the books in, like, middle school. And I say the books. I read this up to the second one, then was like, oh, these are not very great. <laughs> but it was fun. And I like werewolves and vampires, so I was about it for the time. And then the movies started coming out, so I just watched the movies, and I was like, wow, these are very bad. <laughs> but they, it was very enjoyable bad, you know? It was like kind of a funny meme. and was that, So that's kind of my experience. Me and Hannah, every now and then, my sister, we get drunk and watch Twilight movies when we're bored and want to laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've seen all the movies? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think the question the listeners most want to know is, are you Team Edward or are you Team Jacob? I'm Team Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Legit, both of them suck. Jacob's probably the more stable until the whole dealio with the average kid. Oh, sorry. I'm... I know that there's a I know that there's a baby at some point, so that's not a spoiler. I gave but a thing away, but I didn't say a name. Um, what is your biggest um? I don't say complaint. What would you? <laughs> what would you? What do you think? How long we got? No. What do you think the series is lacking the most in, or like what would you want to change? Hmm. Um, healthy, stable relationships, probably. That would be the the biggest lack. Tina. Tina's rolling around on a plastic bag right now. Mila's purring her little body off. Oh, there she goes. I mean, I agree, Danny, 100%. Yeah, the we were talking about um. What were we talking about? I think we were watching a TikTok or something and. Um, Danny said something to the extent of, like, men need to be illegal. Well, men like Edward Cullen. (laughs) (laughs) We're putting that on t-shirts, too. Keep an eye out for our merch store. (laughs) Yeah, I remember I saw, uh, or I took, like, a BuzzFeed quiz where it was, like, rate different couples and TV shows and stuff toxic versus not toxic and then you get to see what everyone else voted and it was one of those ones where it was a sliding scale so you could like oh, not just fun. like toxic or not toxic you could say like the degree to which you believed and when I did I mean I only know up until Twilight so I'm like eh, it's kind of toxic now I feel like it's gonna get worse I don't know so I did like a little toxic for Bella and Edward and it was like 85% toxic. That was like the what the BuzzFeed quiz said. And I was like, oh, damn, it's going to get worse. <laughs> You're in for a rude awakening. Honestly. Especially if you guys, like, is that chronologically where the story goes? Yeah, Midnight okay. Sun is basically Twilight just from Edward's okay. perspective. Yeah. So, like, you're you're seeing pretty much, like, how it goes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So Paige and I were talking about how iconic the soundtracks are. Do you have any thought 
on the soundtracks for the movies. One of the biggest reasons I like got into the movies was the soundtracks. Like going through middle school and high school, that was like the style of music I was listening to anyways. And then on top of that, in middle school is when I started getting into playing music and like I learned a lot of the songs that were on that soundtrack. So I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Do you have a favorite? Um, I really like Supermassive Black Hole because that got me into Muse. And I was like, oh, that's a really cool band. And then like every one of their songs is like a banger. I don't think I've ever heard a Muse song that I was like, I didn't like. And I've listened to every Muse song. So. It's true. Muse is so good. And I like that they leaned into the Twilight thing, too, because I feel like a lot of artists that were on it were like, you know, that that um, Marge Simpson meme where she's like, bring your face. <laughs> I feel like that's how a lot were. But Muse is literally on every single soundtrack in the entire series. All five, I think. They might not be a new moon. No, I think they are. I can't remember them being in new moon. But they're definitely on Eclipse, because that's Neutron Star Collision, and I'm pretty sure they're in Breaking Dawn as well. It's because they're just so theatrical. They just, they like that stuff. Like, their whole newest album was like, we're just going to do like an 80s teen movie. That was like their premise for the whole album, so, yeah. I I love the music, I think. That was like, if they got better directors involved with Twilight, I think it would have been crazy banger of a like because it's like it did really well but like i think for the wrong reasons like mm-hmm. if some of it was a meme you know and a lot of it was just like the the fan base just really wanting it to be very very good mm-hmm. uh, and maybe missing their expectations on some people um but i feel like with just like just how good the soundtrack was if it was like the directorship was as good as who was choosing the music and who was writing these scores, you know? That would have been pretty dope. I would have really enjoyed them. You yeah. like the director. Is it the same director for all of them, or is it different? No. All of them have different ones. Well, yeah, Breaking Dawn 1 and 2 have the same one. So which but director did you were like you about? Which one did you like? I will die on this hill. The movies would have been better if they had stuck with a female director. Because the first movie was Catherine Hardwick, the only female. Mm-hmm. I did like Chris Weitz, who did New Moon, but David Slade was a goddamn nightmare. He did Eclipse. Um, Eclipse was, like, budget-wise, had the like was the only one that looked like a movie, but mm-hmm. was probably the worst movie. Like, hands down. It was just Which so one funny. was? Eclipse? Yeah. It yes. was so funny how bad it was. I loved it, though, because it was, like... It, it was... I don't know. It was... It was almost like it was a joke. Like <laughs> it was, it was crazy. I loved it. I can't argue with that. My main thing with Eclipse is like all that money y'all made at the box office from the first two, and you couldn't buy good wigs. What's going on? Like, what is going on? They thought they looked great. I think they knew it looked bad, and they didn't care. I have a distinct. Maybe I'm misremembering. I feel like when we watched the movies on New Year's Eve, I feel like I remember you pausing it and being like, that's a wig. Did you you see that? That's a wig. Do, do you remember that at all? I don't remember it, but it sounds on brand because I fucking hate the wigs in those movies. Like super Swift did too. Well, maybe. Good. 
Yeah. It was New Year's Eve. That's the right experience. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's fun. It's exciting, though, because um, Colorado's supposed to have universal eligibility for the vaccine starting this Friday, which means by the time we finish Midnight Sun, I'll probably be close to vaccinated, hopefully. So maybe we can watch the movie together in person. I mean, I have no memory of what what comes next. Is it New Moon or Eclipse? New Moon. I have no memory of New Moon. (laughs) And I know that we started Eclipse and we got like halfway, maybe. I think we stopped in a battle scene that we mm-hmm. stopped like before a fight, but I couldn't tell you who was in the fight. Couldn't tell what you what is over. <laughs> I, I don't know. But like the whole content of New Moon, I know I've talked about it before on the pod. I know that there's a point where she switches over to Jacob and she spends a lot of time with him. I don't remember why. I'm, I mean, I could see myself doing that because I'm sick of Edward already. <laughs> but I'm I'm excited to rewatch the movies basically as a fresh new mind. <laughs> yes, it's been so funny reading this book, especially because you've made so many comments that I'm like, she really does not remember New Moon at all. <laughs> so I'm like, if she did, she would know that that's not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we not going to talk about the fact that we read Twilight and then we're now reading Midnight Sun and I forgot about the car scene. I forgot about, I forgot about so many things. I was like, I literally forgot this was going to happen and now I have to reread it. Yes, it's the best. You're the best to do this with. (laughs) Do we have any other questions for Danny? What was your favorite part about the books? Not the movies, because we know your favorite part was the soundtrack. But no spoilers. So we've only read the first one, right? Yes. Um, I see as a like unpopular dorky white boy, I thought it was super cool that like this unpopular dorky white boy <laughs> got a girl. Popular and like mysterious. That was great. I was like, hell yeah, that would be super cool if that was a thing. But that's not a thing. That's not how it works. If you're, like, really mean and unsocial and pretty, like, and don't talk to anybody, people are like, that's pretty weird, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I like that. What are your thoughts? And there, I, I did, I thought her writing was very good. I thought it was, like, decent. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> a middle school boy. I mean, yeah, I guess if you're in middle school, I bet it seems... I like I'm I'm taking my first read as a 24 year old adult yeah if I reread it now after reading like Dune and Ender's Game and like the Lord of the Rings I'd be like <laughs> Ooh, yay. I, I liked it I thought it was good as a just they're, they're young adult books yeah. you know so yeah true yeah. that does that does us folks I think Unless we have anything else. Can you think of anything else, Paige? No, I think I'm good. I think I asked all the questions that I wanted to. I think I did, too. But we might have him back on if we think of more stuff. He'll be around. Yeah, it's true. I will be. Thanks for coming on today, Danny. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I have to to do my speech that I do at the end of every episode. (laughs) So we're on social media. We're on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays After Twilight. We're on Twitter at Taft Pod, T-A-F-T Pod. 
You can email us at TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash TuesdaysAreForTwilight. And please consider donating to the Quilliot Move to Higher Ground movement at mthg.org. Paige, you got anything else to add? Um, if you're ever being attacked by someone, don't hesitate to put your fingers in their nose. Hook, hook your fingers inside the nostrils. Poke at... Pretend your fingers are COVID tests and you get inside those brains. Look, anything to stay safe. Let's be real. What did he just say? <laughs> Danny said any orifice, really. No. Ah. We're signing off. We'll see you next week for Chapter 17 of Midnight Sun. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Mm-hmm.